five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA. We're going to be talking about cookies a little bit. I've got a mailer that came in yesterday that I'm really impressed with. Almost. You know, if you'd like me to look over your mailer, you know, buckle up. <laughs> but it might dramatically increase the response rate. You never know. So uh, always something to think about. Um, anyway, let's get over to Tom Fishburne today. And these start with the third-party cookie apocalypse. The end of third-party cookies is nigh. And, of course, that's been delayed several times. You know, Tom, I would have said the end of the party. <laughs> third-party is nigh. But anyway, you know, yours is clearer. Mine would, I'm just trying to be funny. Uh, trying to get humor into advertising, right? That's what we try and do. So, um, he's, uh, he says that 10 years ago, uh, he had a cartoon of people looking through the window saying, don't worry, it's only marketers collecting our personal data so they can create more relevant advertising for, for us. Yeah. Spying on everything you do, right? Right? And uh, anyway, so that was one of his most popular cartoons of all time, he says. <clears throat> Third-party cookies have been at the center of consumer privacy for the last decade. And the end of, of, of third-party cookies has been a long time coming. Announced in 2020 and now extended into and well into the end of 2024. Okay? And uh, I tried to look up some alternatives to third-party cookies and didn't find much. I found an article on the drum about KFC using location data, and we'll talk about that in a second. But, um, <clears throat> you know, lots of articles about, you know, the 10 best alternatives in 2021. <laughs> and that sort of thing but it didn't seem like anything was a was conclusive uh which is exactly what tom has to say <clears throat> in the last few weeks google has taken a few major steps in the direction uh rolling out their apis for privacy sandbox okay which i've heard has some major flaws but we're not going to talk about that as part of their as part of a replacement strategy you know basically you're going to say well google's going to say well we know where everybody went you know because they got their google trackers on everybody you use gmail yeah i do sometimes it's open most of the time well then they probably know what you're doing right i try to limit my google apps to google chrome so I don't lose much. But anyway, and all the fun stuff is on private Thunderbird or uh, private Mozilla Windows. Anyway, the and by fun stuff, I mean going to Amazon so I don't get tracked over, over and over there. Okay, Google plans to turn off cookie third-party cookies by early 24 for 1% of users. Not that the users would know or care, right? The users wouldn't know. And then fully sunlight them in third quarter of 2024. The transition has been dubbed cookie apocalypse because the stakes are high and the path forward is still unclear. Right, that's the problem. Third-party cookies have been a key plank in the $700 billion 
digital ad business, you know. And I mean, the main plank is we'll put your ad right in front of them when they're making the decision, which is a lie. Because in order to do that, you'd have to know what decision they're making. And I don't know what decision I'm making. And that is the truth. And neither do you, right? If you took up, if you took up, your list of items into Walmart that you're supposed to pick up and you showed us your list and we wrote it all down and when you come out we check your cart there isn't not for me there isn't a chance one in a hundred that I'd get that I have the same items not no more no less first I wouldn't be able to find half the items that my wife asked me to get and I couldn't find anybody to ask either probably or if I did they'd say mm, I don't know where that is either happens to me all the time and but let's say that we did get in the vicinity uh, they might be out of stock they may be changed brands you know there's all kinds of, of variations that could happen uh, they don't have that flavor of whatever it is uh, but then of course there's always the oh I really needed those light bulbs or I really needed that new screwdriver or whatever it is you know there's always something impulse items do make up about 80% of my decisions and so the chances of coming out again, the chances of you predicting you, knowing all you know about you, are nil. Okay? Nil. So most of what advertising does is trigger a decision you weren't intending to make. That's the whole point. You know, cultivating, finding a need and filling it. Well, or cultivating a need that we didn't know it existed. You know, I use, yes, I used deodorant this morning. <laughs> There's an, a, probably an urban legend that says two guys were asking, what could we invent that nobody really needs? And they came up with the idea, underarm deodorant. <laughs> now, I'm not saying it's not a need anymore. Now it is. See how that works. Toothpaste. Took decades and decades for people to be convinced toothpaste. How about vitamin supplements? Decades and decades and decades. You know, it's really, it's really, you know, it may, people we laugh at the, the Gen Alpha marketers, but you know, it really takes Gen Alpha to change significantly the buying patterns. Probably, uh, it's probably about 40 years that it takes for a new batch of buyers to come through. Uh, so anyway, uh, there's no silver bullet solution to alternatives to third-party cookies. And, uh, and Google has proven untrustworthy in terms of their own claims about their own ads and who sees them and who doesn't. So we, we can't just completely trust that. 75% of marketers still rely heavily on third-party cookies 45% of marketers spend at least half their budgets on campaigns based on third-party cookies. 64% plan to increase spending on cookie-based activations this year. Okay, Relay42 recently published a study of 72% of CMOs say this transition will be difficult. 61% say that it will ultimately be a good thing for business. Now, I was mentioning location data was there. Drum has a new article on location data. Now, there's a whole dozen of, of articles on KFC switching over to location data, which makes some sense when you have retail locations, right? I, I talked with 
Red Lobster for oh, a couple of years. And they said this was probably back around 2020. Uh, and they said they were all focused on alternatives to cookies. And so here's an alternative to cookies, direct mail. That's what I told them. I said, you know, you can target right around your retail, your restaurants. You know, I got the I got the Red Lobster app. It didn't even ask me where my physical address was. No, you can scarf it and see where they go to sleep at night. But anyway, so direct mail uh, is not banned because because you're using cookies and it's not uh, over because cookies are gone. We can use context. We can use a lot of things. And we can even use location data. You know, uh, Ron Davis told me that someone came to his office years ago and told him that he could he could give Ron the addresses of people who went to church on Sunday. How about that? That sounds like a pretty interesting list. Probably not. Probably wouldn't work much. Um, but it, you know, but you know, you could do the same thing with KFC visitors uh, over a period of time. Okay, this was an interesting graph. Nonlinear TV first tops 50% share of viewing in July. So I don't know who builds these graphs, but they put the orange over here and the and the other orange over here. <laughs> they got light orange and dark orange. You ever hear of like red and blue? I don't know who builds these things. And you know you might want to flip these around so that they actually the titles actually match would be better than actually even having the color. You could just label them, put the words right in there. Anyway, so linear TV over here, under here, linear is this side, and nonlinear is this side. So we can figure out what these mean. Uh, linear means broadcast and cable, and this means streaming, 40%, and other, no idea what other is. I think it said someplace in here what other was. I think down here it said what other. Other category, which includes smaller individual streaming platforms, not virtual pay TV providers, was 5% unchanged. Okay, other, other streaming. Nielsen's other stores, other category, uh, which includes unmeasured video demand streaming via cable, laptop, box, audio streaming, gaming, DVD playback use. Okay, we still play those. We still have DVD players, two of them, in fact. Anyway, so for the first time, what I think of as TV, broadcast TV, where I see the Packer games, was less than half. Now, and I saw this coming. I, I've been a big YouTube fan for for a long time, years and years and years. And I also figured out how to get sports off of European satellites somehow. I won't tell you how. But it doesn't seem to work anymore. I haven't tried it in a while. Okay, so I just want to show you now. I want to switch over and I want to show you a mailing piece that was really interesting. You're not going to see this very well. This is all it said. No return address. Just that stamp. And I think that it's written by humans because if you look at the 555 I'll try and get it it'll go out of focus when I get much closer 555 five. oh that's a south okay not yeah I thought that was another five and then 53029 there's four different fives in this it's written slightly on an angle it's either someone with really clear handwriting 
or a computer that's really good at not repeating the same letter over and over, which shouldn't be that hard to program. But anyway, I was intrigued by that. I was super intrigued. All the A's look different. All the M's for Miglosh Marketing look different. Uh, so it's really, really, if it's a computer, I don't think it is, really good. And then I, so then I opened it up because I was curious. And it started out with this post-it note, removable post-it note. It's a real, kind of a real post-it note. See, stuck on the corner. It says, thank you for your interest, right over the picture, which is fine because it's not much of a picture. What is the picture? I never saw that. Oh, it's just a couple of guys around, a couple of people around a computer screen. And then there's a quote. There's a, oh, I love this part. This was excellent. Right up here, it looks like a rubber stamp, okay? The address matches the outside of the envelope probably what was used to probably what was used to address the piece of paper so they and that looks like a laser printer just did that looks like a laser printer so you ran these blanks in black and blue and then you want them through a laser printer very 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 simple that would make sense looks like a rubber stamp it says, the campaign generated an outstanding response rate surpassing my expectations. The carefully curated mailing list combined with their strategic approach ensured that our message reached the right people at the right time. Oh, right people at right time. Does that sound familiar? Yes. It's the digital pitch. Okay. And then there is a QR. It's sales at oldschoolmarketing.com. There's nothing to tell me that this is local or not local, but it is very, very clever, okay? We're the best in class at handwritten direct mail, personalized greeting cards, data broker, mail house, B2B sales and marketing, B2C sales and marketing, insurance marketing campaigns, home, auto, commercial, condo. About our business, old school marketing is composed of professionals who have extensive knowledge and experience in various aspects of marketing. We understand the dynamics of marketing. Now, the QR code, let's just try it, because why not, right? Let's see where it goes. Let's see where it goes. It's not reading it. It's a custom QR code, which I don't like. With their logo, I would rather have a good clear one. And it's not getting picked up. It's not moved back to improve focus. It is just not working. Try and get more light on it. Okay, so their QR code doesn't work. See, I do try these. Nope, just will not work. Will not work. Sorry. I was going to see if it went anywhere special. I'll try it harder, but I mean, that's ridiculous. Um, you see, they have a little tiny symbol in the middle that's their logo because they're trying to be tricky. It's not worth it. It doesn't, doesn't help. It wastes space in the middle. Just give it a good, solid QR code that the phones can read. Anyway, so they're 870 area code. I don't know where they are, what they're about. But the fact that I read most of it is incredible. Now, what's missing? That's the key. What's missing? What's missing is what's missing is an offer. There's no reason to take action. Okay? If you look at if you go to uh, Postcard Mania, for example, right off the bat it says, "We'll send We'll send your first thousand mailers for free, you know, when you when you when you buy a mailing, or we'll send a thousand extra for free. That's an offer. 
you know, that's a real offer. You could do that. These guys could do it. These are inexpensive. Um, nothing. No reason to, to act. No reason to act. Okay. So other than that, they're geniuses. They got me to read the whole thing. And because of that, you know, it's like the billboard sign. You read this whole, you read this whole thing, so it must work, right? And there's something to that. Okay, let's get over to the last story, Magalog Cover Test by Craig Huey. Excellent article, one of Craig's best that I've ever seen. Surf Controller wanted me to sell their product, Super Scout. And to test Super Scout, to set Super Scout apart, we created a Magalog. That's like a catalog with articles in it and stuff. I was doing these back in the 90s anyway. That's an excellent idea because it gives you lots of real estate to work on. But to ensure the best possible results, we did two different cover tests in the market. Both the headline and the graphics were different on each cover. Not a good idea. Okay, But he's going to tell us the, the, the cover headline. One was how Fortune 1000 companies are losing billions to cyber slackers. And the other is, oops, I'm not showing you the stuff here. And the other is how an email joke cost Chevron $2.2 million. Okay? And I guessed B. Okay? And the reason I guessed B is because an email joke costs Chevron. And if you're a CEO or something like that, you're saying CFO, CEO. CFOs are good because they kind of, <clears throat> they kind of almost always. IT reports to them because it's sort of operational, but it's sort of financial, mostly financial. Cover A is kind of general, and you think, yeah, yeah, but I'm not a Fortune 1000. It doesn't apply to me or whatever. But cover B, how an email joke, you think, oh, my people send jokes around. Cost Chevron $2.2 million, a specific cost that I can, that I can imagine in my head. That's why I picked B. So I have a hypothesis. And this is where you you want to start in a test. You want to say, what are the what are two things that people that we might say to people to get them to read our mailer, right? What are two things? Well, CFOs are concerned about loss, fear of loss. Okay, so we can talk about losing billions because this is a multi-billion-dollar industry of losing to cyber cyber slackers. I think if it would have said hackers, I might have. Cyber slacker isn't a word I know, but it might be a word. Anyway, and and so the hypothesis was, you know, that's a good headline, but let's come up with one with more uh, specificity. Now, the problem is, is that they had two different images, okay? And uh, cover A, cover B outperformed cover A by more than 24%, but I've seen 40% lift from just changing the picture on a cover, on a 600,000 piece test, which is not trivial. But we had a hypothesis for the picture, okay? We thought people weren't getting the, we, they weren't processing what we were actually selling. And so we changed it to sh where, where one cover subtly had this change. It's almost imperceptible. I should show it, but I'm not gonna. Anyway, and so our hypothesis allowed us to take the projection to the future and go with it forever. So you, you kind of have that messed up unless you did a four-way split. Okay, Harry and David changed their, changed their uh, search and cart button. They changed both again. Be careful when you change both. 
And version A, which had the word keyword for the search in the in the slot, and your cart next to the cart icon, um, is uh, is better. And this one just had the word cart for the cart icon. Okay. And so, but it's really good that. And in here, he hypothesized that version A may have done better because it's more conventional design. People knew what to look for and they found it. And so always have a hypothesis to go with your observation to, to shape your test so that you can then predict or, or reconfirm and then have a, a theory of going forward. Have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart.